0: Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for the Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas.
1: I'm not concerned about creating a great team. I wanna I want a great program, and a great team is very singular focused and a great program has, you know, it has a, a, a strong root system. It has a sustainability and longevity. And you do that foundation getting the right people. People always make the place, uh, make no mistake about it. So um, we're going to always be, a, you know, you got to be talented enough. Um, that's a very bare minimum. You got to be talented enough, but I've got to find the right people that fit you know, the culture of this place and the values that we have as a program, and they, they fit um, both scheme-wise and, and uh, who they are, what their focus and goals are, and, you know, what they come from. So uh, for us, it's really important that we get the people part right. You know, people that, again, that, you know, they value education, they value structure and accountability, they value relationships. They're looking for, again, you know, for all the right things that, that align with us as a program.
2: Head football coach Brent Venables there. And I feel like this recruiting class that they're putting together really speaks to that. You know, they have, for instance, the the latest commit that they got, um, the offensive lineman out of Washington State, yep. three-star kid. I think it's pretty telling if Bill Bedenboe offers – a three-star in Washington state that he has done a lot of research on the kid has, as you know, really been impressed by what he thinks he can turn into, whether it's work ethic or, you know, j- all of those things combined. I think that's pretty telling.
0: Yeah. And to uh, go he- all the
2: way to Washington state to do that.
0: Heath Ozada, I, this kid does have a, an OU connection. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, t- he's he's born got family in Oklahoma, here. Think, right? Yeah. He's a big OU fan. But but still, I mean, th- the point remains, you know, go all the way out to Washington. Six foot six, 294. It's a good place to start, you know? So, yeah. three star, four star. I mean, a- apparently they don't care about that. They're not chasing stars here. They're going to evaluate and say, this looks like one of our guys. I, I love that quote from uh, Britt Vittables about, I'm not concerned about building a team. I'm concerned about building a program. That's right. And you know who I immediately thought of when he said that is LSU. I'm thinking of Auburn, you know, once every five years. Right. Those are programs that have won national championships more recently than Oklahoma. So you got to give it up to them. But man, those are places that have seemingly built teams and not programs. And I think you should be very happy to to hear that.
2: Right. No, I I totally agree. And the the focus on the right people and people that want to be at Oklahoma. Um and want to be a part of of the program and the culture and the history and and that's why like you said there's a there's a tie to Oklahoma with this kid and he's someone who desperately wants to play at Oklahoma and that means something that 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 kid is going to be extremely hungry so i i love it i think it's going to be fantastic I think it's going to be uh, be something that really stands out against the crowd where right now the in thing is to find a bunch of individuals by whatever means necessary, NIL, whatever it is that we can do to amass a bunch of individual talents and then at that point see if we can piece together a team. And, you know, that can work and has worked places, but if you want some staying power and you want to build something that that can last a long time, and I I would argue eventually be better than uh, just a group of amassed talent, I, I think that your Venables is doing it the right way.
0: Yeah, this is all um, all this audio via twenty four seven Sports, a podcast that he was on and I'm going to like kind of preface this next quote with a quote that I thought I saved, but I didn't, but they're both on tempo. And the question was, well, how do you balance that continuity type of, you know, that situation with your defense, especially when you're going as fast as Levy likes to go? And his response was basically like, look, I'm not so prideful that I have to win a certain way, that it has to look a certain way. I don't care. I I, I just want to win, and that's what I care about. But he did say, like, look, if the offense is – Struggling and they're struggling to move the ball. Like, we're not going to go a whole lot of tempo here. You know, we're not going to go tempo and go three and out or go tempo, get a first down, and then have to punt it three plays later only to get our defense right back out on the field. So he's saying, yes, they are going to go fast and he wants them to score points, but it's going to be somewhat calculated, I guess, as to how fast they really go depending on how the game's going. But he doesn't, he does not, he didn't come off as a guy that says, yeah, I'm a defensive guy. We need to win games 24 10. Right. He didn't give off that vibe. But he also did say this uh, about tempo, which I thought was pretty cool. What do you think?
2: It's totally right. You, you can only get so far with a gotcha type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you better be prepared. Like it. It was a great equalizer for a lot of people to go fast. And it's interesting conversation with Bill Connolly about tempo. There's. Not very many offenses run Tempo in college football anymore. There's just a handful. Um, Ole Miss with Lebby was one of them. And, you know, kind of building off of what Venables is saying there, uh, there was a a point in time where Tempo, uh, we can't block these guys. We can't uh, out-compete them for plays. So what do we got to do? We got to find a way to trick them to to get up there and snap it when they're not ready and catch them in transition with trying to substitute guys running on and off. But as everyone started to adopt that that up-tempo at times, well, guess what? Defenses adjusted and figured out how to get ready to play just as fast as offenses were ready to play. And that... That cleared a bunch of people out. If you're, if you're not talented and you can't move people off the ball and you try and go up tempo really fast and you can't execute any of those plays against someone that's ready, well, guess what? It has not only are you not successful with it, it will become quickly a massive detriment to winning games.
0: If you listen to the BV interviews, you kind of quit worrying about recruiting. (laughs) That's on the text line. That's a pretty good good text. That's
2: what I continue to tell anyone that asks me about Oklahoma. I say they'll win a national championship in three years, and it doesn't matter what this recruiting class looks like. It doesn't matter what next year's recruiting class looks like, and it doesn't matter the year after that. They're going to get good players. That's what Oklahoma does. They're gonna recruit good players, but it's everything else that is going to be in in the perfect shape. And that's how you end up beating people, just like what he said. Physicality, details, toughness, attitude, like those are the things that that ultimately win. And, you know, credit Lincoln Riley for what he did at Oklahoma. He was smart enough. And creative enough to be able to um, not be very great in all of those other areas, but be good enough to scheme and, and maneuver and create enough ways to win games. But it could only get you so far.
0: Yeah, and of course the uh, Lincoln Riley slanders here. Shoe builds rosters, not programs. Uh, well, he really wasn't building a roster the the deeper that he got into his tenure here. But mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Um, I made the I said LSU and Auburn have created teams, not programs. And this is saying like, come on, I, LSU has three titles since our last one. Let's not be too much of a homer about it. Like what I'm saying is, yeah, they won three titles since 2003, but. If you look at the immediate year after that, it's pretty clear that they had built a team. I I mean, they they would gear up for a national championship every single four years, but the three years after that would be pretty lean years, especially the year after. I mean, they they won a title in 2019, and Ed Ogeron got fired less than two years later. That's basically what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's been – and I think they want to – according to some people that you know have – I've talked to to you know people around the program and stuff like they are trying to trend away from that, and you know the Brian Kelly hire kind of backs that up a little bit because it seems it's different from the direction you would typically think LSU would go, um, but those those volatile years of run up be extremely good and then kind of fall off a bit. Yeah, I think they're they're trying to to find a little bit steadier of a of a rhythm there, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe LSU isn't a good example, but the point comes across like building a building a team is is not the way to have continued success. It's it's culture and plugging guys into your culture. That's that's how you do it. Yeah. I love the
0: quote though about the up tempo. It's I mean, there's definitely some benefits that come from that, but it can't be what you're all about. If you're just going to hang your hat on offensively, we really fast, we snap the ball really quick, then you're going to have some success, but you're um you're you're going to meet your match at some point and probably later on in the year against good football teams.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's why whenever you can go up tempo and move the football and have success on teams whenever uh, they aren't adjusted to you, that's good. But then whenever they adjust to you, if you can still push guys off the ball, dominate the line of scrimmage with physicality uh, and details, then you're in a really good spot. And I think that's the ultimate goal of, of where they're trying to get.
0: The uh, troll Texas fan on our text line says, I would rather have LSU's natty the last 15 years than OU's program. Program is in quotes. Well, here's what Texas has gotten the uh, past 15 years. The year after LSU wins the national championship and they're god-awful and they finish fourth in their own division, that's what UT has been in the past 15 years. So, unfortunately, you don't get to select here because you've been far off from uh, either one of those situations.
2: It's just a weird comment. I'd rather have LSU's natty than OU's program. I. Why would you want anything of LSU's? I don't want anything of LSU's. Um, you know, I'll take I'll take Oklahoma the way that they're they're trying to do it and watch the process unfold and and enjoy the process unfold. I I don't know who you're a fan of, but I would I would imagine that you would prefer to to build something that has some sustainability and, and means that you can be, even on down years, really competitive and on good years whenever the stars align and you've got the right guys on campus that you can go win a national championship. I don't know why it has. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. Either right. or. I think that's yeah. just a, a weird way of looking at things. It doesn't make any sense.
0: All right. Um, we're supposed to have a pretty cool segment coming up next. Mary D. Beanbo, wife of Bill Beanbo, Rachel Selman. Uh, they're both going to join us to talk about this Coach V Two Twelve Foundation Ladies Football Clinic coming up on Saturday, July Sixteenth. So we gave away eight tickets last week. I know a lot of people are excited about this event. I want to find out more and uh, ask Miss Bedenboe a couple questions about Bill and how big of a lake rat he is up there at Grand Lake.
2: Uh, It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. All right, stay tuned. More from the Rush coming up. We'll talk about uh, this fun event that they've got coming up in a couple of weeks here in July. Stay tuned.
0: Teddy and Tyler, telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans.
1: At Landers, we're all about you, the smile makers, the trailblazers, people.
0: Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, we are the home of Sooner fans. Excited about this because this segment we get to promote the Coach VT uh, 212 Foundation Ladies Football Clinic that's right here in Norman on Saturday, July 16th. It's going to be a fun field day exclusively for the women of Sooner Nation. And to promote the event, we have Mary D. Biedenboe and Rachel Selman on with us now. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Rachel, I'll, I'll start with you. Where did the original idea come about to to host this event this summer?
3: Perfect. Thanks so much for having us on. I think the original intent um, was just the fact that ladies love football just as much as the men in Sooner Nation. So we wanted to have an event um, that brings ladies together, that kind of opens up the curtain and gives an inside, behind-the-scenes look at football and what we all know and love um, about OU football.
2: Well, sounds like a good time, and I know you guys have a bunch of great things planned. But I'm just envisioning Mary D. You out there putting the ladies through some <laughs> offensive line drills, some bag <laughs> drills, blowing the whistle. Uh, you know, getting into it a little bit. Are we going to have any of that? Please tell me that's a yes.
4: There will be. Um, it's totally optional, but yes, um, there will be some breakout sessions where you can go and do some offensive and defensive drills with the coaches. And um, I know some ladies may not be interested in that, but I know a lot will be.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Rachel, there's um, insider access to coaches, players, facilities, and also shopping as well, which caught the interest of my wife in this event. What shopping (laughs) opportunities are going to be available? Is she going to come back with a uh, Teddy Lehman signed football helmet (laughs) or something like that?
3: You know, she just might. Um, So we've got quite a few local um, Oklahoma vendors that are going to be there, probably 10 to 20 vendors um, that we've kind of hand-selected to come in and set up booths. So we'll have that, and that's going to be anything from clothes to furniture to things at your house, um,
2: memorabilia,
3: all of that will be there. There will also be raffles and silent auctions. Um, A lot of the silent auctions are things, you know, that you won't be able to get many other places. So it will be exciting. There's going to be things for the women but then also things that they can bring home
2: for their guys as well Well, that's going to be good um my guess is um they want to see the players are are we going to have any players involved in in any way shape or form whether it's going through some drills or or a little chat in one of the breakout sessions
3: yeah they will be there yeah they will be there so there will be a lunch provided. Um, the event, it's it's an all-day thing. It's on July 16th. Um, the event itself is from 930 to 530. Um, so it's going to be, I mean, it truly is a befi- behind-the-scenes look at the facilities, the operation, recruiting, um, and getting to know and meet the people that make OU football, what we know and love it to be. Um, so on top of that, there will be lunch served, time for people to mingle with each other um, and learn more about OU football.
0: Yeah, well, space is limited, so register now at BrentVenable'sFootballCamp.com, and I believe Rachel, is this right that uh, proceeds are going to a great cause, the Coach V Twelve Foundation? Um, am I right about that? And give us more information on the Coach V Two Twelve Foundation.
3: Absolutely, the Two Twelve Foundation um, is a foundation that Coach Brent Venable's and Julie Venable's um, have started. The proceeds from this foundation will go to help our local community organizations, um, whether that be um, substance abuse, whether it be homelessness, whatever that is, whatever they choose to go to, um, that's where all the proceeds will go.
2: So should be fun. Again, July 16th, it's going to be an all-day thing, 930 to 530, lunch. Um, meet the players, meet some of the coaches, maybe do some drills, um, and have some breakout sessions shopping it's a full day ordeal it's going to be a lot of fun um what do you guys think if you were to pick the highlight what do you think the one highlight is going to be like the one thing that and i know everyone's going to be a little bit different and maybe some like the shopping or some like the the tour of the facilities but what do you think is like the showcase part of this deal that everyone's going to be like wow that was special
4: I think our breakout—our speakers that we're going to have, I think, will be special. And I also think uh, that—I've heard from a lot of women saying they're so excited to see inside the facility and see things that most people don't get to see, um, so—and just have access to that, I think, will be exciting.
0: This is pretty cool. Tracy in Burleson, Texas, on the text line, she's saying, I will be at the event and I cannot wait. So we got Sooner fans coming from outside the state to uh, attend this. Mary D. Beanbow. Yay! Yeah, Mary D. Beanbow and Rachel Selman are two guests uh, promoting the event. Mary D., I got to ask though um, Is Bill already on the boat out there at Grand Lake for July 4th weekend? I'm going to guess that this weekend ranks pretty high for him when it comes to lake weekends.
4: Uh, I know that's so sad, but no, he's not. We went last week while our kids were at camp, and then we're actually going to see his family this weekend, so we will not be at Grand Lake.
2: Well, did you throw him off a tube last week whenever you're at the lake? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Could you imagine him being on the tube or skiing or anything?
2: <laughs> My, when, I, when I think of uh, Coach at the Lake, I think of him trying to get the boat up to the gas dock, and there's what bad drivers around, and it's busy, can't get the attention of the kid up there supposed to be pumping the gas. And just I can just see the anger building right there with Coach. I love it. Good stuff. Well,
4: I'm going to tell you a secret he doesn't drive the
2: boat. that's brilliant. brilliant
0: man he is smart
2: that is hey <laughs> to not drive the boat hey that's it's time to relax that's awesome so
4: my brother is our boat driver <laughs> oh
2: that that's the best thing i've ever heard i love it now i i i do want to see bill angry at the gas dock, <laughs> but still it's that, that's a smart move on on his part ladies we appreciate it this is going to be a fun event i know there's a uh Ton of people that are excited about. It. Obviously, we got people hitting the text line right now that can't wait to get up there, meet the meet the coaching staff, see the facilities. Well, this one says,
0: "I'm signing up my wife, who's an OSU fan, and she doesn't know it doesn't know it yet." So that ought to be
2: interesting. <laughs> hey, Great. convert them one 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 fan at a time. Good come s- on, come all. That's right. Good stuff, uh, ladies, and we're glad that you're putting this on. It's going to be a fun event.
3: Thank y'all so, so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. There you go. Rachel Selman, Mary D. Biedenbow again. Uh, Brent Venables, footballcamp.com. That's the Coach V12 Foundation Ladies Football Clinic, Saturday, July 16th. 2022, so coming up next month. you got to think that Brent Venables is going to give a – a speech, a talk. You know, it's going to be fiery, passionate and fun and funny. He's probably going to be at the at the events giving that speech to the ladies, right? That that'll be the highlight if that happens.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you what I think is really interesting about it. I think it's smart, I think it's good uh, to engage that part of the the fan base. Um there's no doubt. And you know, I think that whenever because whenever we hear some of the stuff about what they're doing up there as far as um you know like the culture like the 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 full-on experience of of making these kids uh better men preparing them uh the whole thing uh the whole gamut i we're thinking okay yeah that will translate good on the football field right and i think there's there's another part of that that is like this is just a good a wholesome way of of running something in our community. And I think that uh, to get that message out to the ladies, I think that's going to be – I think that's good. I think that helps the program.
0: What are the odds that someone raises their hand and saying, when are we going to get more five stars in the program, coach?
2: (laughs) NIL deals. When are we going to start paying these kids Do we got to up
0: our NIL game to keep up? We get Uh, get that uh, question on the text line five times a day, which, hey – there are. There's no such thing as a dumb question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, May- me, mainly because I like reading them aloud and seeing what happens after. But we get the question four or five times, and the answer is no. O- OU does not need to go... A&M or, or Texas all out on NIL because we have no proof that that is the right way to go. I, I mean, there there is no proof whatsoever of that as of right now. And it, this is just a guess by me. I don't think that that's going to be the right way to go. Brett Venables just said you want to build a program, not a team. And I think if you want to build a program, at least for right now, and things can change. I, I think that their approach to how they're dealing with it is just fine.
2: Yeah. It's not the NFL. It's not. When you take a high school kid and give him nine million bucks, ten million bucks, and tell him he's the most special guy on the team before he ever shows up, I just I don't know how that that translates. And it's not it's different than the NFL. Whenever you draft somebody, because um, he's going on a team that had they had a number one draft pick the year before. And the year before that, and they signed a a big free agent corner, is the highest paid corner in the league. Like, you're going into that type of environment where everyone on the team is you know has some type of piece of the action. Like to to give these high school kids this much money and it's not really even about the money as it is like the the appearance that they're more important than the rest of the team—that I just—I don't know how that—that that is going to go over. Text, I feel like it's going to be terrible.
0: Text of the day goes to uh, the five eight zero. Hope BV has the mic during the ladies' drills and yells out, "It ain't good enough, Darla."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. That Get was out awesome. There and coach him up,
0: Bill. Don't drive the boat. It's a smart man. It oh, is. Oh, Gosh.
2: If you want to take a relaxing weekend at the lake and ruin it, go get behind the boat on a busy holiday weekend no way, and, and try and pull up to the gas dock to pick some people up and get some ice for the beer.
0: Uh, my wife will be there from Omaha, Nebraska. That's on the text line. Awesome. So they should have a really good turnout. That's going to be cool.
2: Uh, the best text of the day, though, is the guy that called you Parker. yeah right whether it was on purpose or maybe he called you parker right Uh, yeah or yeah that i guess that could have been it too uh that's funny all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we'll hit some things that caught my eye next stay tuned
0: is the rush live on the ref we call this segment what caught teddy's eye let's get to it store number one is uh
2: first quick shout out to our friends over at roof tech josh tucker former teammate of mine runs the business there can handle all of your roofing needs whether it's just quick roof repairs or full-on roof replacement roof tech has you covered um have you ever been to yellowstone never been to yellowstone Uh, hope to
0: make it there one day though
2: I watched a video today.
0: I've seen Yellowstone. Does that count?
2: The television show? No, not quite. I watched a a, a video today of a buffalo attack at Yellowstone where um, a guy was gored by what appeared to be a... Mm. 2,500-pound buffalo. That's great. Massive. He did save a a kid uh, while he ran in to grab the kid. He got gored. Think he's going to be okay. But uh, how crazy do you have to be to just, with small children, be walking near a wild animal like that? Isn't that insane?
0: It's insane. I think it's more stupid than anything. Um probably haven't been exposed to much wildlife cuz you get this thought that oh they're just decorations out here basically and that you can do whatever you want. That's eh, it's not the case, man.
2: This no, buffalo, buffalo was the size of a pickup truck. It's oh, unbelievable. Gosh. And you know, there's this they're walking on this path like a uh uh a uh, a wooden path like made from wood like it was they they built it and you know there's like two grandparents that can barely move uh, a child that's probably four years old maybe five and then a dad i if you can barely move you should be a quarter of a mile at all times uh away from any type of buffalo i thought that was wild um how about have you seen O'Neill Cruz yet with the uh with the Pirates?
0: Um uh, no, I have not actually. Impressive. I don't, I don't watch much Pittsburgh Pirates baseball these days, to be quite
2: honest. Just got called up nine games ago. He played two games briefly last year, called up nine games ago. Shortstop, six foot seven, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Already uh, in his brief tenure up playing with with Pittsburgh, he has the fastest uh, ball thrown by an infielder in Major League Baseball this this season ninety six point seven miles per hour. Um, he has the hardest hit ball by the Pittsburgh Pirates already uh, one hundred twelve point nine miles an hour exit velocity. Has already the fastest sprinting speed Jeez. of anyone on the Is Pirates. like a
0: creative player in uh, MLB he, or he something? He looks like
2: it. He he can run, like I said, 6'7", 215 pounds playing shortstop. Has some range. Really cool player if you get a chance. Check out some of the highlights. He's only like two weeks in and doing some impressive stuff. And we'll stuff. be
0: talking in a year's time, much like uh, Otani. <laughs> Baseball really needs this guy no to doubt. get into a market where they actually care about baseball because Pittsburgh is a football town number one. It is a hockey town number two, and I don't know where baseball's at. Maybe it's number three, but at its, its highest, it's, it's number five three.
2: behind soccer and lacrosse. Seriously, uh, last one I've got. This is pretty funny. A at a at a wedding, one of the groomsmen for his wedding gift to. The groom gave a card, and inside the card, he had uh, a parlay pick. Yankees minus one and a half, cards, uh, money line, Rangers minus one and a half, and Rockies uh, plus one and a half. Do we
0: know this guy, by the way? (laughs) I don't think
2: so. And it was uh,
0: because there was a situation at the office yesterday where someone said, Hey, here's how the conversation was. Hey, are the Rockies any good? Hey, are the Reds any good? <laughs> hey, are the Royals any good? Okay, well, I'm going to do a three-game parlay of the Rangers over the Royals, the Yankees over – were they playing like the Guardians or something? I forgot who the Yankees yeah. played last night. They won 2-1. to and Anyway, he lost that three-game parlay.
2: Right. No, it was not the same guy because this was a four-team parlay and this gift was just the lock of the year. These four teams in a four-team parlay, and it was to be bet on Monday, June 27th. And wouldn't you know, that four-teamer hit. Uh, wow. Pretty funny that that, awesome. that was his, his wedding gift to the couple.
0: All right, I got a few here. First, um, uh, we've been waiting a long time for this. I think we can also all breathe a sigh of relief and say, finally, Elmo got the COVID vaccine today. That's right. Uh, he released his oh. statements. Just like Elmo's mommy and daddy, he's got the COVID vaccine. Uh, Elmo's doctor said the vaccine would keep Elmo healthy and all of Elmo's friends and family, too. So I'm guessing this is to encourage children out there that it is safe to get the COVID vaccine. I don't know. But uh, Elmo finally got it today.
2: Ay, yeah. ay. How Great about that? Um, I wonder if Elmo is... What risk category Elmo fell into, and whether or not he needed to get the uh, the vaccine or not. Interesting.
0: We have a uh, text submission from ah. Doug in Norman for uh, things that caught uh, his eye today. Nice. Things that caught Doug's eye. The L.A. Angels, this is the story about they employ a team of uh, interpreters, yeah. and they had the big brawl. What was that on Sunday? Saturday, Sunday yeah. is when it was?
2: I saw one of the pitchers from them like fractured his elbow and is going to be out.
0: Yeah, well, one of the interpreters got a two-game suspension, Manny Del Campo. Uh, for, I guess, participating in the fight. Yeah. And Doug's like, well, what was his role in the brawl? If he saw a punch coming towards one of his clients, would he yell duck in the player's native language? <laughs>
2: Uh that's awesome. Hey, I like that. Get in there, defend yourself, defend your client. It's a hey, it's a
0: way to feel part of the team or for the rest of the team to respect you. I got to say that.
2: Hey, he's going to be suspended, but you know what? He'll be a legend forever for the uh interpreter that was throwing hands out there. That was an intense fight,
0: by the way. Wow. Yeah. Um I I've got a sad story here. Unfortunately, um a war hero passed away today, and in fact, it's the last living World War II Medal of Honor recipient. Mm. Herschel Woody Williams passed away at the age of 98. He was a hero um, in Iwo Jima. I believe that's where he uh, was award not awarded, but where he won that Medal of Honor. But that's crazy to think that the last living World War II Medal of Honor recipient passed away earlier today at 98.
2: Yeah, that's um, that's wild that's and I'm sure there was a bunch of and I don't know the numbers but there had to be a lot of uh, medal of honors given away during World War II um, as as wild as some of the action that those guys saw was but wow that's that's wild 98 years old um, and I will do what I can to learn about how he earned that Medal of Honor. That is...
0: Yeah, I'd yeah you should do that. I uh, You and I are both big-time war buffs, and I, I, I'll probably do the same as well. Congratulations to former OU basketball coach Lon Kruger. He is a Hall of Famer, baby. The National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame class was announced today. Uh, Richard Hamilton's on there. Uh, John Beeline's on there. Jerry Krause is on there. Lon Kruger is on there. But uh, one of our favorite coaches ever is a Hall of Famer, and I love it. We might need to go to Lon Kruger's Hall of Fame inductment.
2: Well, how about this? I'm proud of you, Lon. Hall of Fame, well-deserved. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it's definitely well-deserved. So, congratulations to Lon. Last one I have, um, the final game. Of the women's college world series outdrew the final game of the men's college world series in TV viewership. The final game of the women's college world series, 1.74 million. Men's college baseball, 1.54 million. Um, the cool thing? Well, OU played in both of those uh, in both of those games.
2: Yeah, that is cool. I'm not
0: making this a softball versus baseball type of thing. It is just to tell you that. Both OU softball and OU baseball got great viewership in their final game of the season.
2: That's interesting. What do you remember? What day the women's final was on?
0: It was, was the it? Thursday that you were that you were out.
2: That was the that was the yeah. game two final was on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because I was at the game. I think it was on Thursday. Yeah, I don't remember the exact date.
2: Or e- either it was on Thursday, or it started on. It would have been on Friday if it was. Either, I know. think it
0: was Thursday. Was when they clinched.
2: Well, um, that's impressive. That's those are big numbers, and it's not shocking to me that it outdrew it. I, I don't know if the if the television window, what was it, two o'clock on two
0: o'clock on Sunday for the baseball, and yeah. it was a six thirty start time on thursday i think it was six thirty start time on thursday for the softball i
2: think I, I don't know people would know better than me but i feel like the softball's in a little bit better window where you've got people at home in front of their tvs instead of a sunday afternoon i mean sunday night is obviously massive ratings but um it's not a shock that it it outdrew it um not at all so but that's cool. If yeah. Ole Miss fans would have stayed home, it would have had a uh, $4 million <laughs> yeah, no viewership. No doubt. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next.
0: Tyler McComas, Setty Layman, we are The Rush live on The Ref. This hour is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Cavens. They're like a five-tool player, right? They truly do it all. They can do everything uh, personally, commercially, remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance. They can drop a giant dumpster off in your front yard if you've got some uh, mold going on right now. you got any issues going on with the home or the office, call Cavins, 405-573-3048, Tulsa, 918-282-7612, or com. I absolutely love this text, and it really makes me happy. My wife, who thought you two were idiots earlier this week, just asked me to watch a vidya. She's <laughs> now joined the Idiot Club.
2: Good work, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, uh, that is perfect. <laughs> um, I read Herschel Woody Williams. Um Yeah. Did you read that over the break? No, I did not. Oh, uh, my Did God. he
0: earn it in uh, Iwo Jima? Is that where e- it
2: happened? Yep. Uh, basically, was, not basically, was a one-man wrecking crew with a flamethrower. Wow. In close quarters combat. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I thought this was the most... Um, just... How easy we have it. He was the youngest of 11 children born in West Virginia, raised on a dairy farm. At birth, he weighed three and a half pounds and was not expected to live. His mother decided to name him after the doctor who arrived at their farm several days after his birth. By the time he was 11, his father had died of a heart attack and several of his siblings had died of a flu pandemic. Williams worked a series of odd jobs in the area, including as a truck driver and as a taxi driver. When Pearl Harbor was attacked, he happened to be working in Montana as a civilian conservation corps enrollee and decided to go enlist. But life was hard and different. We have it so easy uh, no now room, and we don't even think about it.
0: No, um, I don't even know what to say back to that. Um- Unfortunately, I do have to make a comment that you were so serious there reading that, and you still said Montagna. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But no, that's, that's extraordinary, and I mean, I hope everyone lives to be 98 years old, but that's, that's a guy that you hear that story and say, yeah, he deserved to live to, no to 98 doubt. years old.
2: No doubt. He kept going back to try and enlist because he was only five foot six, and I guess he was below the height uh, level. Of what they were allowing in, and I guess at one point they finally were like, "Yeah, we need we need every one we can get," and they eliminated the, the height requirement, so we finally was able to get in.
0: It's awesome, Crazy. man! Crazy, yeah. Um, in case you missed it from last segment, he is the uh, he passed away at the age of ninety eight, the last uh, Medal of Honor recipient from World War II.
2: Single handedly with a flamethrower was moving on Japanese positions where they were in their pillboxes, which are concrete bunkers. And all of the guys that were went with him were shot and killed. He kept going on his own, blew up the pillbox, went back to the front line, refueled his flamethrower, went back again to eliminate, like, the next four or five pillboxes all on his own. Um, many times, like, were, they were charging him. Multiple uh, enemy combatants with bayonets, trying to get him as he was advancing uh, forward on their positions, and he just kept rolling.
0: Why didn't John Wayne ever play him in a movie?
2: I don't know. I, um, it, that's just it's crazy.
0: Um. Yep. Thanks, text line Herschel. Thank you for your service. I salute you. Yeah, we we salute him as well.
2: Yep. Um, <laughs>
0: well, we had – half are serious, half are, well, we had General Booty, LOL. I'm glad yeah. you guys can always have uh, find a way to have a sense of humor. A
2: little comic relief. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've heard of uh, General Booty. But he's a good player. I hope we don't hear from him during the season. I hope it's uh, – well, maybe some mop-up duty or something. But Yeah, you
0: know what? You definitely – we definitely want him to see him in week one, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'd like to see him in some uh, second half action. Don't let it
0: be another two lane. Oh, God, this this place can't handle that. Can't handle that again.
2: You, you don't want to be in a dog no, fight please. against UTEP? God, no, no. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay with us.